Hi, this is Sharon Fletcher. Welcome to our podcast. We're going to be discussing our identity in Christ and how that affects every area of our life. You won't want to miss it. Welcome to the God's Best for Your Life podcast with Greg and Sharon Fletcher. All right, so welcome to our podcast today. This is Sharon Fletcher. My husband Greg is here. Hey. And we have some very special guests with us today. We have Donna McDaniel. Hey there. And we have Heather Bunch. Hello. Now, Donna McDaniel is a, a family friend from about a, 11 or 12 years ago, and she has uh, exper- a lot of experience with parenting and marriage, and she's written books, and she's just an amazing woman of God, and we're going to learn a lot from her on our identity. And we also have with us Heather Bunch, who was another great friend of ours, and she has also written books, and she has a passion for helping women define their identity in Christ. So um, all the three of us and, and Greg are going to help walk you through why it's important to have our identity built around what God says about us and how that affects every area of our life. All right, so... We're going to be talking about identity in Christ. So I think, first of all, we need to talk about what does that mean? For me, identity in Christ means it's not, I am not defined by who I think I am. I'm defined by who God says I am. Mm. You know, Jesus died on the cross for us. Mm -hmm. He rose again. What does that mean for us now as believers? And it's finding that out and discovering who you're truly created to be. We have this personality, which is actually the interesting thing with personality in the uh, the Greek, it actually means mask. So oh, it's wow. not who we really are. We put on these personalities to try to survive really. And, but that's not who we really are. And so your identity in Christ is, our goal is to discover that as we abide in Christ to remain in him and and learn who we really are and as we do that then we're able to really accomplish and be all god's created us to be i think it's it's interesting that you brought up uh the difference between finding our identity in christ and who god says we are and our finding our identity through our experience or Mm. culture or our family dynamic because i think that that's a, a important distinction because who would know us better than anyone else than our creator. Right. Who created us yeah. in the first place, who had a purpose for why he gave us the personality that he gave us, why he gave us the characteristics and the gifts and talents that he put in within us. Yeah. And, and so many times I've, I've met women or even men, people that uh, don't know what they're capable of because they've been told that they're not good at something. Yes. You know, even though that's not what the Lord says about them. You know, the, the Bible says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but we put limits on ourselves because we believe those false identities. Well, and we're, we're a work in progress at any given moment, you know, and we start off with knowing nothing, right? And then we come to a point in our lives where we take on the identity of Christ and then it becomes a whole nother learning realm, mm-hmm. right? And then even in there, I mean, there's definitely... I don't want to say levels, but, but there are moments like milestones of, of identity absorbing that. And so I think this topic is very important for that reason, because if you don't get the concept that you actually have an identity in Christ, then really you're just kind of fumbling around in the dark of self exploration. 
Sure, that's true. And and what you find out about yourself may not be based on truth. And yeah. so then you're still under that false identity. I totally agree with that. It's so easy too. You grow up and none of us grew up in perfect homes because none of us are perfect. <laughs> Nobody's parents are perfect. <laughs> Everybody's got a story, mm-hmm. but it's those things that happened to us in our childhood that defined us and we didn't even realize it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know, and then we carry that into adulthood and don't realize what's hurting us. Yeah. You know, and we think that's who we really are and it's not. Right. Yeah. And you know what, you know what I've noticed a lot about the false identities is it's all about putting limits on you. Yes. Like, you know, someone will ask you to do something and you'll say, Oh, well, I'm not crafty or I'm not a good singer or I'm not organized mm-hmm. or it's all about what you're not. And, and I, I feel how, I, I think how sad that is because God looks at us and doesn't see the limits. He sees his ability in us. You know, and goes, no, you know what, where you're weak, then you're strong. That's what Paul talks about. He says, uh, Paul says, hey, I'm going to glory in my weaknesses because when I'm weak, then I'm really strong because that gives an opportunity for the glory of God to flow through me and fill up where I'm lacking and to do even abundantly beyond all more than I could ask or think, yeah. you know, so rather than responding to requests for help or something with, oh, well, I can't do that. I've never been good at this or whatever. We can say, you know what? I'll try. God, with God's grace, I, I can, I can do this. I'll, I'll give you my best, you know, and then let the Lord take that and move that, move us forward beyond what we could ever think. I mean, all three of us did not come from a background of uh, going to, uh, to school for writing. At least I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, I think no. you were, well, you were, I, a, I taught like, you know, English. Yeah. You were, an English, you were a teacher. Yeah. And well, what's your background, Heather? Uh, my background was nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my mom, you know, it's, it's interesting because you're talking about identity and, and you're looking at, oh, I can't do that. So my mom is a writer. Uh And so I always was like, well, my mom's a writer. I'm, I'm not creative like her. Mm -hmm. And so I limited myself. I didn't even entertain the idea that I could do it until, I just got presented with, I need you to do this. And it was like, okay, God help me. Mm-hmm. And then as I did it, I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> I can do this. Oh my God. I had no idea. And it's like, you know what? I don't write like my mom. Mm-hmm. She's a, she's a creative writer and she'll do mm-hmm. a lot of fiction. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm still good at what mm-hmm. God's gifted me to it's do. It's a different expression. Yes through a different vessel of the same goodness of yeah, God. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and there's a purpose for both. Yes. It's yes. not like one is more important than the other. And I love, I believe right now that the church is getting to that place where we're seeing a different expression through the people of God because we're laying down these false identities. And yeah. that's what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think some of it also has to do with absorbing the purpose of God. We were talking about our purpose, right, and why we were created and that was something God showed me because, you know, I wasn't, I never fancied myself a writer either, but the the Lord came along and, and showed me that our job as writers, our job as teachers, right, encouragers, is to capture the thoughts of God and to put them down, not only on paper, but in any form of media where we can dole it out, right? It's like, it's like chicken, right? Chicken comes in a lot of different. You can do a lot of things with chicken. A lot of variety of chicken. You can do chicken and everything, right? And so, um, fried chicken. uh 
chicken You're making gumbo. me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Kung Pao chicken. Right? Mm, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Chicken. I know. So, um, the, and, and that really is once you get over that hump that it's really just about capturing what God's saying and then saying, how can I make this so that other people can absorb it? Yeah. And then it, then the, the rules really kind of fall away. And then, then it becomes about being led by the spirit and, and also paying attention to where God leads you in life to be able to say, oh, well, people really could see it here better, or maybe, maybe a podcast or maybe uh, a little piece of video or, or whatever. Uh, or like Donna was even saying old school posters, right? You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. uh, it's, it's very important that we just really kind of take the, the boundaries off. Well, and you, and you look at the people of the Bible that God mightily used. There was always some natural reason why they couldn't do what they were called to do by God. Yes. I mean, you look at Gideon. Moses, Gideon. You look yeah. at David as a child going against mm-hmm. a giant. Yeah. Now, his, his, it, he had not a single person in his family telling him that he could do what God had told him. No, he was left out in the field. Yep. Yeah. He wasn't even, th- oh, I'm not even going to consider you I know. that you could be king. He I know. He was just up. like. Remember, he was the last one to be looked at. You know, so he had, the, he had to fight that false identity his entire childhood. And he, and because he spent that time with God and he got God's perspective, he said stuff like, by my God, I can run upon a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew his, his identity was in God and what God said about him because he had seen God use him to, to, to stop the bears and the lions and the giant was going to be just another one of those things. Yeah. You and know. he's the one man that God said, he's a man after my own heart. Yeah. And I don't think it was because he was perfect. Cause no, because he we was got not. all kinds of stories of <laughs> failure. Yeah. And you look at the Psalms and David just poured his heart out. Yeah. Like he was honest with God. This is what yeah. I'm going through. This is what I'm experiencing. But my God. Yeah. Like there he was just, always Whatever it was. And then he just laid it out there and then, you know. But it's my God that's going to get me through. Yeah, and he did, but he didn't. He didn't take uh, the ownership of those false identities. He just said he just let it go. Yeah, you know, and he said, nope, that's not what God says about me. And that's kind of the skill that we need to learn as as women of God. If we really want to walk in the fullness of God's will for our life, we're going to have to let go of those false identities because they will keep us from fulfilling God's plan for our life and keep us from blessing the people that God wants us to bless doing what God wants us to do. We can't say, well, I'm just like, I'm a housewife. I homeschool my, my children. I have a bachelor's degree in biology of all things. And God has us writing and teaching people the word of God. Mm-hmm. Now in the natural, you know, there's a lot of people that have discounted me over the years because I didn't have the pedigree. I didn't have the, the degrees or the diplomas or whatever, but that's not what God looked at. You know, whenever God was using Moses, he was like, dude, I can't talk. (laughs) But he was, he, but he, but God used Moses as his spokesman to the, to a country of Egypt. You know, I mean, we look at Gideon. I mean, I'm sure you guys can think of, I mean, even Mary, the Jesus's mother, she's like, I'm just a young girl, you know, but she had to choose to, okay. She was willing to say, yeah, you know what? And that's what God's looking for. So we need to lay aside the insecurities and the earthly reasonings mm-hmm. of what could possibly disqualify us from some of these things and instead focus on what God says. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think we need to put more stock in what God says 
than what mom said about you mm, or good. dad said about you yeah. or your brother said about you or, or a teacher a, exactly a teacher i can't tell you how many people i've talked to that they loved you know to do something um painting was one of them i had a you know somebody that was and their instructor said don't even bother that you'll never be you'll never wow. be an artist and they gave it up wow. they don't do it anymore Wow. I've heard all the people played piano, people that wrote, people that, you know. Yeah. But you look at the people that would persevere through that, and they create beautiful works of art, Mm -hmm. you know. I think that's what helped me latch on to my identity in Christ, which was realizing that my love is not performance-based. And that, just like you said, like all of those things were, well, you're not good enough, or you're not doing this well Um, and I was always working hard to get the grades because I felt like if I worked hard for those grades, then maybe that teacher would love me or that friend would love me and all of those things. And, and coming to the realization that that was a false identity I was believing about myself Mm -hmm. and letting that go and knowing, um, there's a unconditional love there that is not performance based, that it's just who I am in Christ and, uh, no, that's that's good. That's good. Yeah. Having that moment, I think, is so important. And I think every believer has to come to that point, and even numerous times in their life, because I think we can fall into that false identity and not recognize it at yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, sure. but I think we all have those situations where we go, okay, this isn't working for me anymore. I'm not. I'm not achieving what I believe God wants for me. What What am I doing wrong? And then we have to let the Holy Spirit reveal to us, okay, you're believing that I love you because of your behavior, mm-hmm. or you're believing that I'm not going to use you because you've sinned. You know, these yeah. are these are big, mm-hmm. heavy things that yeah. believers carry around with them. And, and the, our identity in Christ has set us free from all that. You know, if you look, I mean, we, we talked about David, but if you go back to David in the, in the book of Acts, it says that he fully fulfilled God's counsel for his life. And I love that scripture because that encourages me that even no matter what problems that I've, uh, I've struggled with, what sins that I've committed, if I am willing to right now put all those things down and just trust the Lord and walk right now with the Lord, that he can still work out his plans in my life. You know, that he's not limited to uh, my past to determine my future. That's right. That's right. You know, and we need to, we need to, we need to believe that about ourselves. We need to believe that about God, that God loves us so much. And he's put those amazing dreams in our hearts because he wants those things to come to pass. I remember for years, I would be so frustrated. I'd be like, Lord, have you forgotten about me? Because you've, you've given me these desires and these dreams and, and I'm not seeing them fulfilled. I'm just seeing door after door shut in my face. What is going on, Lord? I don't, I don't recognize I don't recognize myself. I don't recognize what you're doing. I just, I just felt discarded and like, and, and I went through a season, Greg can tell you where I was like, I must have just sinned so bad or must have missed it so bad that God moved on to someone else. There was a situation where I I too went through that and I was at church and I just felt so alone. And there was someone who came over and he just, he heard the Holy Spirit and just gave me a hug and helped me realize that through everything that God is still there and he still sees and he still hears you. And that was such a monumental moment in my life. Um, just that embrace, that hug, um, through that situation. Man. So it's so powerful. 
I mean, because because what what you're basically looking at is not only a false identity of what you had about yourself, but a false identity of what you had about God. That's right. Oh yes. Because you believed that His love was conditional. Yeah. And that is so natural. Oh, for sure. Because we as humans really are incapable in our own self to love unconditionally. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's all we we see growing and that's up. All we've seen. That's all yeah. we've seen. So when someone says God loves you unconditionally, we I mean, we have no concept. Of we that. have no concept. We can't apply that because we have yeah. no experience with that sort of love. But when you get to that point and you see God loves me, even when I've messed up, yeah. even when I'm not what I would consider useful, yeah. you know, when, when I'm just a bump on a pickle and I'm just taking up oxygen, you know, yeah. because we all have those moments, you know, yeah. for sure. You know, it goes the other way too. It's not just what we've done. Sometimes we think, oh, if I can do this, yes, God's going to love me more. Yes, yes. You know, but he doesn't love us anymore no. if we do amazing, awesome things. Yeah. yeah. He loves us the same, yeah. regardless yeah. of good. what we do or don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a pastor saying one time, we're human beings, not human doings. Mm. It's about being. Yeah. You know, it's about, yeah. I, it's about um, John 15 is one of my favorite uh, chapters in the Bible. And, and my job is to abide in the vine Yeah, mm-hmm. and the fruit will come from abiding. Yeah. I don't have to produce it. Yeah, The fruit of the spirit isn't fruit of my spirit. Mm-hmm. It comes when I abide in the vine. And then that fruit just happens. Like you never see a tree like struggling to bear fruit. <laughs> it <laughs> just is a byproduct That's of getting the, the nutrients the from good. the vine. That's yes. the good news of yes. the gospel right yeah. there. That is the yes. absolute good news. Yes. And the, I mean, the only, really the only thing that the tree has to do other than receive, which yes. is really all it has to do is, is just make sure that the, it's receiving from the right places. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I mean, and as a believer, we get to choose what seeds we allow into our hearts, you know, and that's where we get to go to the word of God to find our identity. And we get to go in that prayer time in our prayer closet and spend that time with the Lord and draw from him what he says about us, you know, and what he says is important. And start believing that about yourself. about maybe a, a revelation or a time in your life where you received a revelation from God that really helped you absorb who you are in Christ? I mentioned earlier that it was very performance-based, and I thought that anything I did was what equaled my love. And so uh, fast forward to being an adult, um, for me, it was my house. I found my identity in my house. And it was a great house, and it was huge, and it was new, and all of these things. Um, it was always, I always was cleaning and um, spent lots of time just doing all of that and setting aside relationships. or And it always had to be perfect if somebody came over. And that was where I just, I found who I was in that. And I would have events and things and small groups. And, it, oh, your house is so nice. And, I, and then I would take that on as who I was. Well, thank you. You know, tell me more and <laughs> stuff like that. And then um, we moved and we moved from that house um, into um, somebody's house. And we lived in two rooms. 
And I, it was, okay, I got to hope we're going to have another house. I'm going to have another house one day. And we got another house and I did not choose this house. I said, I let my husband choose this house. And when we were, we got the house the that he wanted and walked around like, well, you know, it's what he wanted. And I chose um, to move there and I wasn't complaining or anything about the choice that he made. But I remember walking around and something was breaking or the, it were, there was something that we looked at and I thought, oh, my identity is not in my house. People were coming over to hang out with us and to, to feel peace and to learn more about the Lord, not because my house that I used to have was so perfect and so big and all of that. And and that was a realization I, I wish I would have known when I lived in the bigger house because I feel like I could have taken my identity out of that and I just wish that I would have done more for the Lord but now I know that that is that that's not where my identity is it's in where excuse me how he can use uh, our home and not necessarily the house so he's using us oh that's um, a very interesting in way to put it yeah. by the way your house is beautiful oh, thank you. <laughs> it really I really is. dig your house thank you I you know it's it is so much fun we really enjoy it and we walk around now and it used to be such like uh, we would get hung up on oh we we should get this new thing or that and now we have a home and now we enjoy everything and you know it's not perfect there's things it's an older house I think 96 and it's just we realize that it's the people that we are spending time with that that's what we want to be uh, enjoying and not necessarily worried about oh, no you know, when, when we visited you what about a month ago yeah. and uh we had a great time yeah you know we were only there overnight and we we had a fabulous time yeah. it was wonderful we did. and, and okay. i i think what you're talking about is something that a lot of women struggle with finding their identity in their home finding their identity nesting, in their children nesting yes, yes your nest being being your stamp of approval you know and everyone thinking that your home looks great is some sort of validation for us of who you yeah yeah Yeah. if your home looks great then you must be great then you must have it together and that's and we desperately don't want people to know that we don't have it together that's right (laughs) at least in the past you know i mean but and i think men can struggle with this too in a different way because um what i've what i and this is how society is but men tend to find their identity in their job or their position you know, oh, I'm this or I'm that. I mean, and that's the first question yeah. you ask people. What do you what, do? What do you mm-hmm. do? That's the first yeah. question because we start trying to classify people based on what they do. Or, you know, and, and I remember as a stay-at-home mom, I always felt like I was a lower-class citizen because I didn't have a full, quote-unquote, I didn't have a, quote-unquote, real job. Yeah. You know you what's know? funny, though? The women that are working a full-time job because I work full-time. Mm-hmm. I've got three young kids. Mm-hmm. And so you deal with the opposite thing where you're like, your kid's going, well, why aren't you at my party? What, you know, why can't you go to, you know? And then, so you're stuck in this, I'm working and, but I can't give as much as the stay-at-home mom can. So you're, you know. So there's condemnation it, on both it, sides. Oh, on both yeah. sides. Yeah. So like, you know, the, the double. double and, he is and always he ready. To think, to, oh my gosh, yeah. He's always ready to hand out some you shoulds. Yep. Oh yeah. my word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. true. One of our favorite statements is, and hear me correctly, don't should on yourself. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get us kicked off. <laughs> that was that was Heather. That was not yeah. <laughs> a disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. 
But that's no. what we do, though. Sure. I should have done this. And, oh, and I should be there. And don't shoot on other people. Uh, that's the truth, too. Uh, this is, it's really getting out of control. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I I've, I was I was shooted on the other day. Yeah. You know? Someone was like, well, you, well, you, you really should do the dishes, blah, 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 this way. Or you should keep your house this way. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we can start taking on that condemnation, yeah. you know, if we're not yeah. careful. I think um, going to, you know, talking about the, the question and the, kind of those aha moments and identity. For for me, my um, my identity was almost like a, a negative form of identity where it was like not who you are, but who you're not. Mm. And so mine is, um, uh, mine's brother issues. It's comparison. Um, I have a, a brother that's a pastor of a, a big church, and, and he's always been, um, you know, an incredible speaker, and, you know, lots of people talk about him, and I would get introduced as, oh, this is the pastor's sister. And, you know, so I would be like, I'm not my brother. Like, and, and for years all of my life literally that I can remember from elementary school to even current day like it's been that's God working on me to go I didn't design you to be your brother I didn't gift you with the same gifts as your brother and you are going to be able to reach people that your brother can't because of who I created you to be and you just have to believe that and step into that you know and I'm finally getting to that point that I can go, it's okay, I'm not my brother. What a blessing. That's good. Yeah, I mean, what a blessing. To, and, and God doesn't want you to be your brother. No, he, wants he doesn't to, need to. to he need, he need, otherwise, if he you wanted to, he'd make to. I know, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, but he made me me. I think yeah. that makes it so valuable that each one of us has our own voice and yes. has our own way of seeing things in the perspective that, you know, we might struggle with a certain identity issue that we might have that somebody else is going to be able to step inside and say, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. They might not agree here and they might agree here, but yeah. they might, they might see it through your lens. Yes. That's so well. true. I, I like that. I like that thought. And it makes me go on to the next part of it, which is if, if God really believes that, then he, he did what he did on purpose. Yeah. You know? And so if God's made me the way I am on purpose, mm. then maybe I need to get over it. Man, that's yeah. powerful. And 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 then maybe I need to go, hey, you know, what is good about me? Right? Yeah. Not that we're looking to, you know, pat ourselves on the back or anything, but we, we can we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. And we're so uh we, we we buy into what everyone else thinks they see, right? Instead of actually sitting down listening to what God says and, and starting to explore it. You yeah. Know? And and what's amazing is that a lot of those gifts or those personality traits that other people tell us we need to change actually stem from something that God did on purpose mm-hmm. for the per- for the for the plans that he has for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and we're actually fighting against the creativity and the purposes of God and the plans of God in our life when we try to not to be who he's made us to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that thing of the and the scripture where it talks about you know, the creation saying to the creator, why did you make me like this? And, and we do. Yeah. We go, well, why am I so outspoken? Why am I so why am opinionated I, yeah. or whatever? Or you, you think know? about it. Like, I can't tell you how many women I've talked to that are strong women 
and that's a that's a struggle in society when Le- you're learning a how to be learning how woman. to be quieter you know no mm-hmm. that's what they say but god created them with that strength well but mm-hmm. the point is they beat themselves up over yes. it. Yeah. yeah but yeah. god gave them that yeah that's a gift yeah and it's learning to focus that gift in the right direction now there's you know skills you can use to soften certain oh, things sure. and and make it so that you know you're using good people skills and things sure. like that but that's a gift from god yeah and 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 when they're let go to use that oh, it's phenomenal people's it's phenomenal. lives are going to be changed it is it is and and that that was god's plan that's what he saw for them when he created them yeah. And, and it breaks his heart when we look at ourselves and we go, oh, I can't because of this. Yeah. You know, and he's just like, no, wait, you have no idea. I've created you to do this, this, and this, and this, and you need all those skills. Yeah. You know, we, one of our children is very strong-willed. And, um, I, I, I like to say spunky. Yeah. <laughs> I have a spunky child. <laughs> yes. Spunky, strong, spirited, you know, well, if, it, it, to, to, it, it's so different that you're like, okay, this is odd, right? Oh. It's one of those things where you're, it, it's in a, in one a, of these I, things yeah, is not like the other. It's not in the same galaxy as the others. And, and for the longest time we were like, why is this child rebellious? Why is this child doing it? And God's had to reveal to both of us that he's made him that way on purpose. Yeah, that's yes. why when he was, this child reason. was three years old. And then that changes how you approach that child. Absolutely. It changes how you, you spend time with them. It changes mm-hmm. what, how you speak to them. Because mm-hmm. you, you go, man, I need to download something into this boy yes. so that he's ready when, when, when he goes off. You know, yeah. just a few years, he's ready. You know, it's learning to focus that. My, I'm be honest. My, it's my older brother was the same kind of like extra strong willed, <laughs> but he, God gave him that because he needed it for his assignment. Mm-hmm. And so my mom saw it as I need to not break his spirit. I need to not crush the the guy and and squash that. I need to help him learn how to focus. Yeah, and that's what the Lord told me about our son. I mean, he was three years old, and I'm like, Lord Jesus, I need help because I love my children. But he's been telling me what to do since he was three. Later, <laughs> yeah, I have video leader, of him telling me, Dad, you need to go over here. You need to do this. And then, and then. Yeah, and I was like, Lord, well, he 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 told me point blank. I put the spirit in him that I wanted him to have. That's right. Yeah. And and I was like, okay, so then I need to change. Yeah. My mm, attitude needs to change. Good. And so if we think about that as it pertains to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, God put each spirit into each one of us that he wanted us to have. And so we can look at that in a very, um, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You yeah. know? And so I need to give myself a break and I need to actually get on the, I need to get on the Jesus train and quit rebelling about against God's work in me. Man, so good. I mean, we're, we're, he, he set us free to be ourselves. Yes. You know, and, and God is so rich and so diverse and so big that he could not be expressed completely through one way of being. That's right. He had to create all of us to be a, a, an accurate representation in some way of his character because we're made in his image. That's right. But he is exceedingly creative. He's exceedingly patient. He's exceedingly an amazing speaker. He's exceedingly athletic, but None of us. None of us are all of all those that. things. No, you know. But we. So as we let the God reflect through us, 
we give other people the opportunity to see that part of who God is, you know, as we submit to him and let him love and be through us. Like you're talking about human beings. Yeah. Instead of human doings. Yes. And, yeah. and uh, so, so amazing. It's so powerful. Yeah. I'd love to go back to when you realize, okay, you realize, okay, this is who God's created me to be. Mm-hmm. And we are so used to putting ourselves down. Um, I remember a time, my little girls, I've got, I got um, two little girls. They were, I think, five and three at the time. And they were standing, one of them was standing in the mirror. She put on a dress and she was like, I am so beautiful. Like, if an adult were to say that, we would think, oh my gosh, I'm in pride. Or vain. (laughs) Yeah. And then she goes, come here, come here, sister. And brought her sister up and go, look how beautiful you are. Oh. And so what happened to us between the time we were little and it was okay to enjoy how beautiful God made us. And then as adults, we've lost that. And we think, oh, well, that's pride if I were to enjoy who God made me. But he's our father looking down on us going, they're so beautiful. And now they're enjoying it. Or, Or why don't we do that for each other? Yeah. It's like, you look so beautiful. Celebrate one another. Yeah, because they show a different aspect of God's character than I do. Mm-hmm. When, when I started off my career in graphic design, one of the things that I had to absorb was the art of measuring things. So I had a lot of different uh, measuring devices. Uh, I, I even had one um, ruler that was really special to me because it cost like 40 bucks, right? And... Uh, and that it had one special ruler. <laughs> it, it did. I loved it. It was semi-transparent, so I could hold it over the top of things and measure things. And it, and it measured inches and centimeters, but it also measured in picas and 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 in different. It had like four or five different scales. And I think the answer to really kind of what your question is is we've we allow someone else's measuring stick, someone else's scale, mm-hmm. yeah. someone else's scale, and and we adopt it, you know. Mm. And then instead of going, God, what was your scale? That's good. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, as you, if you've ever tried to convert uh, uh, something from, let's say, an American scale like inches mm-hmm. or feet to metric, you're like, okay, what's that conversion rate again? And and there's a lot of work that goes into that. And I think there's a transition to where if we can get over into God's scale, then then and we leave behind the the previous scale. And then suddenly share that scale with others, kind of like what you're saying, like, mm-hmm. uh, was, look how beautiful you are and, and that kind of thing. Uh, I think that's really that next step because then we're, we, we are literally becoming like him because that's what he did when he came here. He came here to say, that scale that you're carrying around, that's not my scale. Yeah. You know? So uh, I think that's really kind of one of the answers. And what, what, I, what I can see with that as well is that we're given us the wrong scale by other people and we carry around that wrong scale and we measure ourselves by that wrong scale. And, and so we try to work on ourselves to make us longer yeah, and stretch ourselves out, hoping that maybe we'll reach that, that, that length that we're, that we feel like we're, that we should yes. be, yes, you know, and, and God's looking at that going, no, that's not what I want for you. 
He didn't create us to be that. He created us to be us. Yeah. And the joy to learn how to just be us. Yeah. It it not not just brings us joy. That brings him joy. Well, yeah. and you're going to be the most fit for what he's called you to do. And you'll yeah. be able to love on others. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's really the whole point. Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. Yeah. And you're not loving yourself if you're using the wrong scale. Yeah. So one of the really cool things about this group of ladies is that um, last year, uh, in 2019, before the world uh, decided to go crazy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they all got together and decided to write a book called Mirror Moments. And, and the, the genesis of this book really is what we're talking about here is our identity in Christ. And this, this book has really been specifically uh, aimed at, at women and helping women to absorb uh, the concept of that there's more than than they feel and then they understand that that they have an identity in Christ and that, and they've really tried to build it out and there's a lot of different um, a lot of different messages in it in fact there's 99 messages in it it's a it's a daily devotional and uh, it's really really wonderful and there's there's a lot of thought that went into it and so I'd like to spend a couple minutes kind of talking about the concepts behind the book, and maybe if you guys, uh, if you have a favorite one uh, that that you put in there, you know, we could talk a little more about that. Donna, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, um, the concept behind was like we've been saying through this whole thing is just to share what your identity is and what do you see through the mirror. What are you actually seeing when you take a look at the mirror and who who are you? And just as we were going through it, I was looking at things around me and I took a lot of inspiration of nature or just instances or happenstances that were occurring. And how did I see Jesus in that reflecting who I was? And and, and so one of my uh, favorites is, like you said, it's 99. You could have one for every single day for the next three months. And there was one that I really started to think about the water that we were using to, for our plants in the backyard. And we had water and we had a flooding kind of rain that happened and how I just figured out they're fine. Those plants are overwatered and they'll be good. And then several weeks later I went out and they had all died. Well, because I thought that this overwatering was sufficient and that was not the case. And that's how I felt about this devotional and, and how daily walks with God daily walks with Jesus is the watering that we need. And that's how I felt about that concept behind this is you, you don't, you'll know your identity, but you might have to go back and each day. Remember, I mean, we look in the mirror, not just one time for the rest of our life. And (laughs) so I think that that was, uh, what we were, what I was looking at in that concept. No, that's, that's really good. No, I love that. I mean, and that's why we called it mirror moments. And uh, there's a scripture that talks about that finding our reflection in the word of God is where we find our true reflection. And that's how we find our true identity is by looking in the word of God about 
who we are and what he's called us to be and, and what he's equipped us to do, you know, and we're, there's no way that we're going to fulfill God's plan for our life without the plan maker yeah. walking through it with us and, and showing us what to do, and what to say and, and everything. It's too heavy. Yeah. yeah. It, it's too heavy. It's too hard. It's too steep. It is. Yeah. And, and our, and our finite ma- mind cannot comprehend the fullness of what his plan for us is. And, and then when we try to do it by ourselves and we fail, because we will fail, then we, the devil's just right there to say, see, it doesn't work. Or it does, or you can't do it. You just need to give up. Or, or you're a failure and they'll just sit there and grind on you and grind on you. And that's the good news, that through Christ, as we abide in the vine, then we bear fruit. Right. So this this book is called Mirror Moments. It's available um, on Amazon. It's available on our website at www.gods-best.com. And for every book that we sell, we take all of the profits and we actually sew it back into uh, ministry. And um, something really amazing has happened this year. We were able to, through our contacts in Pakistan, get the book translated into Urdu. And that's the the national language of Pakistan. And now, even right now, we've got uh, 4,000 copies of it into the Christian women's hands in Pakistan. Yeah, we we literally print them there and we give them away. And our contact has been contacting local churches and making arrangements to get, you know, dozens, maybe hundreds of copies uh, for, for every church. And then they hand them out to the ladies and it's it's making such a difference over there because they, the to be a woman in Pakistan is a huge huge challenge. Right, and we're getting reports every week about lives changed, and they're reaching out to our contact, and saying we love this book. Thank you so much because I I talked to um, him and his wife a little bit about this, and they the 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 Christian women in Pakistan felt unloved, felt uncared for. And felt like no one knew what they were going through. And this book ministered God's love to them in a way that made them feel special. You know, and that's what God wants all of us to feel and all of us to know. So if you're interested in helping us with that, you can just help us to finance it if you want to. Or you can buy the book online and uh, help to contribute toward uh, the printing of these books and other materials in Pakistan. What other, uh, any of you have any examples of, of, of any of the particular devotions that are in the book that really kind of struck a nerve with you or were, were your favorites? One that I really um, enjoyed writing and, and even meditating on even to this day was uh, day 45 and it says, I am blessed. And at the beginning of each of the devotions, it gives you a confession to say over yourself and then it gives you the scripture based on that. And it was comes from uh, Psalm thirty. Was it 8411? Psalm 8411. And it says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And uh, and my husband quoted that to me when we were moving about 20 some odd years ago. And I was like, that's not in the Bible. You just made that up. <laughs> he was like, no, it's in there. So he found it. And I realized that I didn't believe that at the time. And I thought he'd made it up because that sounded way too good to be true for me. And so I started, started massaging that and believing that over myself and started confessing that, you know, over our lives. And, and God has absolutely been faithful through these years to, to bring that to pass. But 
the devotion talks a little bit about what God's will for you is. And that's, that includes your blessing because he is good, not because you're good, but because he is good. And it, it just goes into that. And, um, and about how he loves us like children and we want good things for our children. So the Lord loves us. Mm, that's really good. Mine is on day 58. It says, I have peace with my enemies. And the scripture there is, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And I love this version also in the message. It says, shake your hand. And I just thought that was uh, interesting that they would say that even your enemies would end up shaking your hand. And this devotion, as I was going through a situation somewhere I worked at and was um, having just an unfortunate relationship with a authoritative figure, I just knew that there had to be more, that I didn't have to just go to work and have this uh, hatred for work or even just an un- unfortunate not enjoying work or not enjoying my boss or anything like that. I just knew there had to be more. There had to be more in relationships and more in how we forgive each other or are merciful and I really enjoyed writing this one and talking about a situation that happened that looking on paper, this, this is a miracle that happened, even that we could have a relationship later on so much down the road. But, um, that was my favorite. I really like the concept behind that too, because when you're in a situation like that with an authoritative figure, too many times when you're interacting with them, you feel as though you've been stolen from, right? That they've hold something from you. And then what that does is that convinces you that you can't continue to be who you really are, um, that you want to be generous or patient or kind or any of the other fruits that when you deal with someone who's authoritative and maybe a little rude, um, then they, they, they can extract a heavy price from us emotionally and mentally. And so one of the great things about getting back to, to grips with that is that God has made us to be able to uh, not necessarily absorb that, you know, abuse, mm-hmm. but more along the lines of, of deflect it and then get back to who we are, get back to, to being the, who he has created us to be and who we are now in him. And you know, that stems from having a true identity in Christ, because then you realize that what they do to you is not a reflection of who you are. That's right. It's a reflection of what they're dealing with yes. and the lies that they're believing. And then you can reach out to them and mercy and kindness and pray for them, but still hold true to your identity in Christ and realize that what they say or how they treat you isn't a reflection of who you really are. That's awesome. That's excellent. So uh, my favorite is day 33 and it's, I am valuable. Um, And the reason is, is because this has been my lifelong struggle is really realizing how valuable I am going back to, you know, my whole comparison thing with my brother. Like that's been my struggle. So that's been the thing that God's been working in me to realize how valuable I am. And the scripture that goes with that is first Peter two, nine. And it says, but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And this one actually contains that story that I shared about um, the golden statue and Mm. how it was covered in layers of clay and nobody Mm -hmm. knew its true value. And because um, I go on to say, because you might say to yourself, I'm broken. You know, what's wrong with me? You don't realize your true value 
But as you work through the process of discovering your identity in Christ, you realize how valuable you truly are. And um, so that's why this is my favorite. It's that discovery of Mm -hmm. learning who you truly are and how valuable you are to both him, to yourself, and to the world. Mm. I really like that one. I've I've gone through seasons like that in myself where I had had a lot of um, uh, negative things thrust upon me. And then you forget who you are. You forget um, what it is. And then when the Holy Spirit shows up and, and reintroduces yourself uh, to you, to your, to who you are, to yourself, and it's a, it's an incredible moment. It really is because it, it like the the spark of hope burns bright, and then you're like, even though you, you you're not like a hundred percent yet, you know, you're you're but you you've turned a corner. And you start heading in a completely new direction. And then, man, anything can happen after that. And a lot of amazing things do. Well, we hope that uh, as you embrace this message and and if you read the blog and if you order the book especially, that your journey is a turning point for you. And that at the end of the book, as as you're finishing the 99th devotional, that you love yourself and that you see yourself in the mirror of the Word of God, the way God sees you right now. So I'm Greg, and this is Sharon, and we thank Heather and Donna for joining us today. And uh, we know that you can have God's best for your life, and we're here to help.